Revelation chapters 21 and 22 describe heaven as a beautiful city in splendid detail. The holy city has walls, gates, foundations, streets, rivers, trees, vegetation, and more. While the apocalypse of Jesus Christ is full of much symbolism, there is nothing in the context of those chapters that should lead us to believe that heaven is anything other than a physical place. Heaven is not the figment of a trumped-up religious imagination. It is not Neverland or Candyland or Alice in Wonderland. Heaven is more than pie in the sky by and by. It's a real place where God the Father dwells and Jesus sits at his right hand. The Bible says there's a new world coming. It's something all believers in Jesus anticipate by faith. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Thanks so much for tuning in. And some years ago, a Christian songwriter described heaven this way, love without measure, space without time. Life without crying will one day be mine. Hearts never breaking, hands that don't fight, days that don't end with the darkness at night. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. Today, we'll get a glimpse of heaven from the book of Revelation as Ron continues his series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Stay with us now or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Revelation chapter 21, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message. There's a new world coming. I get to talk about heaven today. I'm so excited, especially after a very long series through the book of Revelation where we've had to deal with some pretty hard subjects like the tribulation and calamity and distress that will happen on this earth during a seven-year period of time in future Bible prophecy known as the tribulation period. But we finished our study of the tribulation. Uh, we talked about the second coming of Jesus, the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ on this earth. Now, now we transition into what theologians call the eternal state. And that's Revelation chapters 21 and 22. What a, what a fabulous climax, not only to the uh, book of Revelation, but to the Bible itself. And John begins in Revelation chapter 21 in verse 1 by saying, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Revelation chapters 21 and even into chapter 22 contain the largest and most detailed description of heaven we find anywhere in the Bible. It's a, it's a fabulous and fascinating and even mysterious read. But even as we go through this and, and, and we learn a little bit about heaven and the future eternal state, I want us to keep in mind 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, which says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. God is gracious in giving us a glimpse 
And that's all it is, a glimpse into heaven and eternity through the pages of Scripture. Uh, you ever gone to a movie theater and you have previews of coming attractions and all that? Well, that's what Revelation chapter 21, it's just a preview, just a little glimpse of what heaven is. But no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It hasn't even entered into the imagination of the human heart and mind what God has prepared and is preparing for those who love Him. But John says he saw a vision of a new heaven and a new earth. A little bit later, um, a new holy city of Jerusalem. And it begs the question, why a new heaven? Why a new earth? Why a new holy city, Jerusalem? What's wrong with the old heaven and the old earth and the old city of Jerusalem? Well, I guess the best way to answer that question is to say God loves to do new things. I mean, I kind of get the new earth. Uh, this is a tired, run-down, sin-stained, fallen world in which we live, and I'd look forward to a new earth. But why, why a new heaven? Uh, why a new holy city, Jerusalem, that John sees coming down, landing upon the new earth? Well, God loves to do new things, doesn't He? And it's not just about building projects, about building a new heaven, a new earth, and a new holy city, Jerusalem. He also loves to do a new thing in your life and in my life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ today? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things are increasingly becoming new. God wants to do a new thing in your life today. Maybe you're stuck in a rut. Maybe you're stuck in, a, in an old sin habit you can't break. Maybe you're just stuck, and God wants to do a new thing in your life today, and you've come to the right place where He can start something new. But John tells us there's a new heaven, a new earth, a new holy city, Jerusalem. You say, Pastor, what's that all about? Well, it does kind of introduce the idea that we have a lot of misconceptions about heaven, do we not? What John describes here is the merging of heaven and earth into a new heaven and a new earth, and this, this picture of the holy city Jerusalem prepared as a bride for her groom, landing like a holy city upon this newly created and merged heaven and earth. We have misconceptions about heaven, do we not? Not the least of which is, oh, heaven is just, we're going to be floating around on clouds and strumming harps. Listen, friend, if that's your understanding of heaven, you've never read the Bible, and you've never read the most detailed description of the future heaven and earth found in Revelation chapter 21. John pictures this merging of the two. And it's a fascinating, fascinating picture. In fact, Robert Jeffress, the uh, pastor of the famous First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, in one of his books, he writes this, one of the greatest misconceptions about heaven is that it is located in some distant galaxy far, far away or in some invisible fourth dimension that will be inhabited by the disembodied spirits of Christians. Nothing could be further from the truth, he says. The Bible teaches that the ultimate dwelling place for Christians will be a recreated earth, not an ethereal, undefined location in outer space. And this is what John pictures for us, this merging between heaven and earth. Look at verses 9 and 10 
where he says, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And he goes on to describe its glory and its radiance. So, with that in mind, and before we get into some specific descriptions about heaven, let me tell you about some things that you won't find in heaven. Revelation chapter 21 mentions about five or six things that that are missing in heaven. You won't find these things in heaven, and I don't have a long time to touch on them, but I I just want to briefly describe them. At the top of the list is death. Verse 4 says, death will be no more. Can somebody shout hallelujah and amen? I mean, come on. That, that, is, that is the best news you can hear today, that the last enemy called death will be found nowhere in heaven. In fact, at the end of chapter 20, at the great white throne judgment, we learn that God takes both death and Hades, that temporary dwelling place of unbelievers, and casts them into the lake of fire. He defeats death. Jesus defeated death at the cross, but death is defeated ultimately, never to show its appearance in heaven again. J. Oswald Sanders writes, the king of terrors, the last enemy, will never be able to breach the pearly gates and disturb the bliss of heaven. No more deathbed vigils or funerals. The hearse will have made its last journey. That's great news, isn't it? No death in heaven. Secondly, no tears in heaven. You see that in verse 4? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be uh, no mourning, no crying, no tears in heaven. Thirdly, no, no sea in heaven. Now, I've got to be honest with you, th- this disappointed me a little bit. All right? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, verse 1, and the sea was no more. Really, Lord? No beach in heaven? Come on. No, I'm just joking. We're going to learn later heaven is such a massive place. Right now, 75% of the earth is covered in water. Because of the massive inhabitants in heaven, we're going to need more place. And now there's a river that runs from the throne of God, and there's a sea as clear as crystal. But for some reason, and I, I don't know why, there will be no sea in heaven. Fourthly, there's no pain in heaven. Yeah, there you go, verse 4. Nor, nor pain, uh, no pain in heaven, verse 4 tells us, no crying, no mourning. Uh, no reason to go to CVS and get you know, extra strength Advil or Tylenol. Yeah. No, no reason to visit the oncologist and have your, your cancer treatment. Uh, no more pain in heaven. No sin in heaven. Verse 8, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Verse 27, But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You won't have to worry about locking your doors at night. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. 
Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out something new from Dr. Ron Jones that we're calling Something Good Television. SGTV is a weekly broadcast featuring Ron's Bible teaching ministry. If you're looking for Bible teaching for everyday life, Something Good Television is the place to go. Stop by to check out the sample episodes at somethinggoodradio.org. At the top of the broadcast, Ron talked about what heaven won't be. Now let's find out what it will be. In the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, there's a new world coming. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. And then lastly, I'll just lump these together. No temple, no sun or moon. Verse 22, and I saw no temple in the sun for its temple is the... Lord God and the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon or shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light and its lamp is the Lamb. How interesting. I mean, God created the heavens and the earth and the stars and the sun and the moon and all the luminaries of the sky, but there will be no need for that in heaven because the glory of God will radiate the place. There will be no night in heaven. There will be no need to sleep uh, because we'll have eternal energy and resurrected body kind of energy, but there will be no night and there will be no light other than the light that shines from the glory of God. Just, just a list of a few of the things you won't find in heaven. I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed by any of them. Maybe the beach, maybe the ocean, the sea, I don't know. But what kind of place is heaven? What, what sort of revelation does God give us? through the pages of Scripture, that we can say, hey, th- this, is, this is kind of what heaven is like. First of all, heaven is a massive, massive place. Uh, in other words that w- you might be familiar with, uh, it's, it's the Father's big, big house. Our children in children's ministry remember that. It's the Father's big, big house with lots and lots of rooms where we can play football, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's a big, big house. Jesus said to his disciples on the night before he was crucified in the upper room, in my Father's house are many rooms. The old translation says many mansions. It's a big, big place. Catherine and I have some friends in Dallas that have a big house. It's over 6,000 square feet. And we used to spend some of our uh, staff Christmas dinners and things like that. There, there's a dance floor on like the second or third floor because the missus is, is, is a Texas line dance instructor. I won't even begin to show you what she taught me, but <laughs> watch out. So we, we'd have our dinner, we'd go upstairs, we'd do some Texas line dancing. They have a slide in this house, like from the third floor down to the first. I mean, who builds a slide in their house? But they, it's a big house but it's not bigger than my father's house. It's not bigger than our heavenly home where Jesus is building lots and lots of rooms. Listen to the description in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 15. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with its rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. Now, we're not familiar with the measurements of a stadia and a cubit, but what's described there 
is a big, big house, actually a big city. If you think heaven is sort of this this cloud-floating, ethereal experience, no, the description of the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem is of a dynamic city with streets and buildings and people and lots and lots of things happening there. And many scholars believe that this description uh, pictures maybe a cube, a three-dimensional cube. One author named Ron Rhodes in his book, The Wonder of Heaven, says, the heavenly city measures approximately 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. The eternal city is so huge that it would measure approximately the distance from Canada to Mexico and from the Atlantic Ocean to the Rockies. That is a surface area of 2.25 million square miles. By comparison, the city of London is only 621 square miles. The city is tall enough that from the Earth's surface, it would reach about 1 20th of the way to the moon. If the city has stories, each being 12 feet high, then the city would have 600,000 stories. He's trying to wrap his mind around the description in, in, in Revelation here and, and kind of get a sense of how massive it is. He goes on to say, someone calculated that if this structure is cube-shaped, it would allow for 20 billion residents, each having his or her own private 75-acre cube. I like that part. <laughs> if each resident were smaller, then there is room to accommodate 100,000 billion people. Even then, plenty of room is left over for parks, streets, and other things you would see in any normal city. Heaven, friends, is a massive, massive place. And here's the good news. There's room for you. There's room for you and for anybody who places his or her faith in Jesus Christ and who wants to go to heaven. Secondly, heaven is a welcoming place. It's a welcoming place. Uh, read with me in verses 12 and 13. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and the gates, and at the gates, 12 angels, and on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates, on the north, three gates, on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. It's a welcoming place. Again, if it's a cube, a three-dimensional kind of thing, it has 12 gates, 12 foundations. And why do I say it's a welcoming place? Because on every side of the cube, there are three gates in which you can enter the city. And a little bit later in this chapter, verses 25 and 26 and 27 tell us that the gates are open perpetually because it's a welcoming place. And you get the sense that there's activity and flow inside and outside of this massive holy city called Jerusalem and called heaven and this merging of heaven and earth. It's a welcoming place because the gates are always open. It's a welcoming place because you know who the welcoming committee is at the gate? You know who, who's on the hospitality team? Angels. Uh, John tells us that there's an angel at each of the gates. There are 12 angels positioned at all 12 of the gates. Now, we have some wonderful, friendly people on our hospitality team here at Atlantic Shores. Uh, well, you can come into this building from all kinds of entry points, and we always have a wonderful, smiling face there, but we don't have angels. Can you imagine being greeted by a heavenly angel as you come in and out of the holy city? Heaven is a welcoming, welcoming place. 
It's welcoming also because of the reminder of these 12 gates and the 12 foundations. Above the 12 gates are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. A perpetual and eternal reminder that salvation is of the Jews. That God chose the nation of Israel not because they were big, not because they were great, not because they were better than everybody else, but because He wanted to pour Himself into them and that they would be a blessing to the nations. And then the 12 foundations, above those foundations there are the names of the 12 apostles, a reminder of the church. And the church gave way not only to Jews, but also Gentiles. And so it's a perpetual and eternal reminder, these 12 gates and 12 foundations and the tribes and the apostles, it's a perpetual reminder that salvation is to the Jews and to the Gentile. Everybody is welcomed by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good Radio message. There's a new world coming, and we'll pick it up right here tomorrow when Ron continues his teaching series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership is essential in order for the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission. It always has been. And today, Ron wants to invite you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Something Good Radio broadcast. Now, when you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'll be happy to send you the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth and the Return of Jesus Christ. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757 757- God will reveal to us aspects of true beauty the human eye has never seen, 
aspects of true beauty the human mind has never imagined. Uh, we have cheap substitutes for beauty in our culture, don't we? Uh, but heaven will be a truly beautiful place. And, and do you notice the description here? What we consider rare and precious jewels are common building materials in heaven. I find that fascinating, down to the streets of gold. Uh, there, there's no steel, there's no concrete, there's no asphalt. There are no potholes in heaven. Did you know that? I mean, with streets of gold, you, you never have to you know, fill in a little pothole and fix this or fix that. What a beautiful, stunning, stunning place. And, and again, all described using the wedding imagery, like a bride adorned for her groom. Nothing more beautiful than that. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, There's a New World Coming. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.